but I wanted to talk about art and honesty and what is the bridge between those two things. And I realized that that's more of a bridge I want to make rather than I want to talk about art singularly or I want to talk about honesty singularly. And it's like as long as I'm making the bridge, if you are able to totally understand the bridge between those two terms, then you are able to understand the way that they exist as a product. And then really at the point that you understand the way that they exist as a product is the point at which you probably create another term to describe the product of the two of them, the product of the two of them. And that's how our language advances and becomes more intelligent. Um, but the point, like in order to understand a bridge between the ideas, art, objectively, the ideas, art and honesty, you would have to understand like the spectrum between them or the diameter between them if you were to consider both of them to be points of reference uh the same way that you would consider two planets within the universe to be points of reference and then consider the diameter between those but that diameter would be like a spectrum where the two ends of the spectrum are the two planets in consideration or the two but here and I'm, I'm saying the two ideas in consideration and so the bridge between them would be something like a spectrum but the importance of that would be that there that it would be a transformation between art and and honesty but in order but the important transformation the most important transformation between those two ideas if you're considering those two ideas and then trying to understand the diameter between them where a diameter is a dia meter and a dia is translated into latin as in as uh, in that sense, it's an across, and then a meter is translated as measure, or at least whenever they made the term meter, they were just trying to describe the baseness of measure as best that they could when they made the term meter. But the term meter is a more specified version of measure because measure is a lot more inclusive than the word term meter because meter is only one unit of measurement and, and a unit of measurement specific to the metric system and specific to one system instead of to all systems where the word measure is is then inclusive of all possible units of measure but like when they created the term meter they're trying to describe base measure as best that they could but like if you understand that the latin for meter is measure uh you i mean it's important because the Latin will give you the term that is more all-inclusive where whatever the Latin has been translated to, whether in English or French or whatever, is a more specified version of the generalized Latin, you know, where the, and so it's kind of like all languages are specific deviations of like, or at least a lot of languages are specific deviations of Latin where Latin was more inclusive of all full languages and more and relative to all languages. Uh, and so, so measure measures a more inclusive term for, for meter, but the dia is a cross and the dia for diameter is the, so the total translation, the whole translation is in a cross measure, but the dia can also be dia f in where you see it in other examples of this prefix dia is diaphragm. But in that sense, the term diaphragm 
it got that term because of the diaphragm's separating properties within the anatomy of the body because it separates the lungs from some other organ or like some other important or maybe it just separates like the abdomen from the lungs or something i forget what but it's that the dia part of it is that it is two things separated because the diaphragm is the separator or the border between these two major uh large areas of the body it's a separator so uh and then what's another one dia die hmm but uh more importantly if you're try if you're to consider a number of examples of dia you would see that it's more talking about that there are two separated it's it's an idea describing two separated things rather than that it's describing separation itself or that it's describing acrossness itself the way that it it represents itself in the word diameter and it's described as a cross um you can use dia to describe a cross because dia is describing two separated instances and it's only because of separation that you're allowed the description acrossness which also can be under the heading dia but across the diameter as an across measure is is a measure of acrossness a measure of acrossness the preposition like the arch the archetypal across measure the archetypal across is the diameter the diameter anytime you have an instance of acrossness you also have an instance of diameter a diameter is an across and it is literally the preposition across it is a is a measure of the preposition it's a it's a measure it's a prepositional measure it's a measure of the preposition across so it is an across measure the diameter uh so and so the diameter is something like a spectrum when you consider that it is a distance and then each each distance that you could consider within the distance that is described by the spectrum is a transformation of dis in distance from one side to the other um and so if you had two points and then it's it's 10 meters between two points like four meters of the way from you have two points one of them is uh new york city and then the other one is los angeles and let's say that it is uh 3000 miles and you go 1000 of the miles from los angeles to new york uh that is also 2000 of the 2000 miles from new york to los angeles and so there's like a negative positive thing at the same time yada yada each transformation along the way is is constituent it it's impossible to not describe each transformation as both los angeles and new york uh, when you consider it technically, when you consider it objectively, um, when you consider it outside of what it is. Uh, so I really, really bored the fuck out of you probably with that, but I'm talking about trying to build a bridge between art and honesty. And then, so, and if you really find the, the bridge between those, You've created a 
certain translation of language between the two ideas. And each idea, so to speak, has its own language because it is a point of reference, because it is a whole. But but it's kind of like you find a translation between the two by finding a point distinctly halfway between both of them, because a point distinctly halfway between art and honesty will contain the blueprints for what art is and what honesty is, both of them at the same time. It'll be referential and relative to both art and honesty, the point half exactly halfway between the two of those points of reference, the point exactly halfway between the diameter, like the point in the middle of the diameter of the, uh, which is the across measure between art and honesty, will contain the blueprints for both art and honesty and in that way is like the translation between art and honesty because the translation is also a relation or a relative instance because a translation is referential and it is relative and a translation contains two things at once if you consider the translation by itself. And so the translation between art and honesty would be in the middle of the diameter between art and honesty and would be uh, would would contain the way to change one into the other and, and that sort of thing. And, and so the middle point of a spectrum is, is <sighs> highly to be considered whatever. And so I'm trying to build a bridge between art and honesty and then not go back into technical stuff. So like what is art and what is honesty and why do we, associate those things so strongly and why do we allude to that why do we allude to art's relationship to honesty so much and because it's that uh because your art isn't good unless it's honest your art isn't good unless it's honest but to me art yeah so your art isn't good unless it's honest and you have to in order for it in order to make it good you have to go deeper. If you are an artist, you have to go deeper into yourself to produce better and better art. And Louis C.K. would say that all, all the time in interviews that he gave is that he was able to be such a successful comedian because, and he put out a new special every single year, uh, just because like the bottom line for him was he was more honest uh, all the time and he just went farther and farther into himself and like what his problems were in order to create a special that people related to you know and that was still relevant to create a special that was still interesting to people he had to go further and further into himself and be more honest and and so I wonder what exactly is the what are the parameters for that idea that art is exactly honesty is art exactly honesty then, I mean, is good art exactly honesty and bad art is exactly falseness? Uh, because, so Louis C.K. would be, I mean, you would consider him to be an artist, like comedians are artists. Um, I would consider Morgan, Morgan Spurlock to be an artist because of the contributions he makes, because his art changes the world. The documentary he made, Super Size Me, changed the world. It changed the way that we look at fast food. Like, that's the most 
um, prolific. What's the word I'm looking for? That's the most known point of reference for the way that we look at fast food negatively is like the documentary supersize me. That's the biggest one of all of those. Um, and I watched another one of his today. Uh, he made another one. He made supersize me too, where he made a documentary about chicken and the way that chicken is distributed and farmed and, and that sort of thing. But he made the documentary by opening a chicken restaurant and he opened a chicken restaurant and pretty much said, uh, he opened a chicken restaurant and made his own chicken sandwich, uh, and all this stuff and went through all the things necessary in order to make a restaurant. But the restaurant he opened just had all this stuff on the walls about, uh, that was just really transparent. It was like the most transparent thing possible and was pretty much just saying that all nat to call something all natural means nothing to call something cage free means nothing. And to call some like free roaming means nothing because in his process of, uh, doing in his process of raising chickens and all this and, uh, sending in an application in order to make it certified that his chickens were, uh, free roaming and all natural, uh, he had all these workarounds and he showed them in the documentary that like all he had to do to make them free roaming was to open one of the doors of the giant barns that he was raising his chickens and, uh, put a small cage around the edge of, around just the edge of the openings of the doorway. And so there was like a little patch of sunlight that the chickens could go out into. But because of that, he was able to call his chickens free roaming. And, uh, so the restaurant that he opened, he put all this stuff on the walls about kind of the stuff that he, that we learned in the documentary and that he learned in the process of, uh, raising chickens and what it means to open a restaurant, uh, that like calling your chickens all natural and free roaming means nothing. And, and pretty much all the stuff that he, all the imagery that he put on his bags and, uh, his menus and all, all the stuff, the inside of the restaurant was just, was making fun of what fast food chains do in order to, to make you think that they're like really organic. Like he just put the word artisan everywhere and, and, uh, made fun of the way that Chipotle puts words on their cups, you know, like he emphasized certain words, but it was just this like, uh, illustrative there. It was just this couple paragraphs about how, what like his process, you know, about how uh, it's dumb to put those words that way and to emphasize them that way, like the manipulation done through marketing. I mean, it's just a critique on the manipulation done through marketing to say like organic for for just fast food or for anything was this restaurant. And it was like and that he made a documentary about opening this restaurant makes it a terrific piece of art and really really honest and it's really good art because uh because it is so it's honest at a greater level than what people would uh be willing to do themselves because he was opening a restaurant and saying that like the restaurant could be successful and 
because it was really f- like it was an actual restaurant and he was serving chicken sandwiches from the chickens that he raised. And he's saying that his like he's not doubting that his restaurant can be successful, even though he's entirely honest about the way his chickens were were raised and uh, the way that all chickens are raised and that kind of thing. Like and and so the restaurant kind of works as a piece of art and uh, and it's good art because it's like challenging it's it would be a challenging thing to put yourself behind that uh to put yourself behind that and like be think that that level of transparency would work for a restaurant you know but if you go to that restaurant then what you have is a transformative experience experience as opposed to just going in a fast food restaurant where everything looks like a fast food restaurant it's just like at this greater level of honesty is the restaurant that he created uh it's at a greater level of honesty than anybody's ever seen before in a restaurant like all these restaurants say that they're entirely transparent about their process but of course like at the end of the day they're all they all want a lot of money so they're gonna and they're afraid and they're not interested in any artistic value of their restaurant so they are gonna be prone to manipulation and falseness in what they do and they're going to use advertisement and and advertisement is just manipulation of your manipulation of other people of how they see your business and and how they understand the story of your business and how they understand the narration of your business and the identity of your business and they and and businesses corporations fast food chains that are obviously disinterested in money uh they have nothing to do like the way that they're going to promote their story has a much more false context than something that's like truly artistic but so what morgan spurlock did in creating this restaurant was he created a higher level like something that existed at a higher level of truth because that level of transparency hadn't existed before, even though it was claimed to have existed for fast food restaurants. But the thing is, if you if you ended up in his restaurant and read all the stuff on his walls, like, and to see how transparent, uh, see how transparent it was, then you you already know that it's more truthful than competing fast fast food restaurants to his, because technically he's a competitor. And he has a real fast food restaurant. Like if you ended up in his restaurant, you already know that his restaurant exists at a higher level of truth because you just understand the transformation of it. You understand that it takes, it's a new level of truthfulness. And once you understand a new level of truthfulness, you can't really go back. And it's the same thing with when he made the first supersize, when he made the first supersize me, like when we understood the level of truthfulness of the harmfulness of fast food, which we hadn't understood fully at that time, really until he made that documentary. And about that time, people were making that kind of documentary. Um, Once we understood the truth of that, the perception of all the fast food uh, changed in a way that we couldn't go back to where we thought the way that we thought of it before. Now we understand that there's a more, uh, there are more negative implications to eating at McDonald's than what we used to think. And so if you ended up in his restaurant, you would understand the falseness of marketing 
really at a greater level the falseness of of the atmospheres that fast food chains want to create surrounding themselves and within their restaurants um and that is probably what art if it's real art then it is actually transformative and if it's actually transformative transformative then you know that it's you know that it's transformative like if it's only if it's really transformative i think is if you know that it's transformative because if it's really transformative you understand that there's like as a society you understand that you've reached a new level and you can you can track the progress of that like the first super size me came out however many like 15 years ago maybe and and so you can track how much we we've changed in our perception of fast food since then but so like there are things that that are artistic that are transformational that like you wouldn't necessarily know that any change happened if you really embraced the idea and understood the idea because it might not create a change enough that that is noticeable but there are other like if it's really good art then it's really transformative and and really transformative in a shorter period of time too like more change within a shorter period of time is like art that would be really transformative art that's really true would be that so so art that's really true so what is art that's false if if art is not truth then art that is false is art that's false is probably has something to do more with money art that's false like is art that's false art i think it is what makes it art though what makes something art does it have to be truthful or is art just the brit is art just the processing of good stimuli versus bad stimuli like art is just Art is just like whether or not art is good. If art is good or art is bad is how you understand falseness or truth. So it's like the transformational. It's the transformational sequence of thought processes between falseness and truth, maybe art. But that's not I barely saying anything with that. That's not really the direction I want to think about it. I don't think. I'm trying to ask the right question so as to build the bridge between art and honesty because you're honest because I could be honest about myself entirely. So would that be the greatest artistic value that I could produce is just me entirely unfiltered. Is that the greatest artistic value that I could produce? And so like, and so I have limitations like I could make a podcast and that's easy that's easy enough to make a podcast like I could I could just talk about my opinions but I'm not really good at the practical side of things like I have limitations in that sense because I kind of live more imaginatively I live more imaginatively and so the way that I think is and the way that I live in the world is often not a really practical way, or at least what's important to me isn't practical because I don't like 
practical things. I like it when it is more imaginative and interpretive because that's your when that's your that's the place where creation is possible or where new things are possible because I want things to be new and as long as I hold on to that then I will live imaginatively if I only want things to be new but if I am if I understand that I have to sacrifice and live outside I have to live externally and allow myself to be identified by other people if I accept that then I under then I live in the real world and I live practically rather than imaginatively because to live imaginatively is to live in a pipe dream is to live with dreams and say that things are new and things are always getting things are always new you always have the potential for new and for discovery of new things as long as you live imaginatively which is what I do which is like the same thing as being young versus being old because if you are more old if you're living more old like an old person not youthful then you are then you are just more you're more prone to identity and living practically and living in a space where living in a space where your potential is not this not what it was because you're older and you're saying that like the more that you understand yourself to be old is the more that you say that you don't have anywhere to be able to be and that your life is basically over is the more that you're old the more that you take on old as an identity is the more that you say that you're identified and that you're restricted to your identity and that you're and that you don't have the potential to be more things and so so if i say that i like to i like to live imaginatively is that just because i'm young or does that actually have something to do with me as an individual to, to want to live imaginatively i think i think i want to live imaginatively more rel relatively more than pretty much ev a lot of people pretty much everyone is what i was going to say uh, because I like, well, and maybe I'm just verbalizing it though. Maybe I'm just able to verbalize it and other people aren't. Maybe I'm able to verbalize that I, as long as I live youthfully and embrace youth, live imaginatively. Maybe I'm able to verbalize my imagination and other people aren't, but I might go through the same process like that I'm more, I guess I'm saying I'm working out. Am I more prone to being young than other people? I think I might be. You are the more optimistic you are. And I'm pretty optimistic. You are the more hopeful that you are and enthusiastic you are. Am I enthusiastic? Eh, not really. Am I enthusiastic? Well, I'm enthusiastic for the prospect of newness, for that things will be better. I think that things get better in the world, societally, as a, as a world. I think we get better. I think we develop better technologies and then me as an individual I feel like my future will be better than what I have now I'm very optimistic and so does that go away as you get older yes to some degree but I think that I I'm the kind of person who retains optimism because even when you're young you can be pessimistic there's pessimistic and optimistic I don't know that might be regardless of age but besides that age besides that old age is pessimistic and young youth is optimistic um, but so I'm saying that I live imaginatively and if I were to, if I were to express the extent of my imagination, that would be the most 
honest thing that I could give. But that would be, so that would be the extent of my subjective reality. And by my own admission, or at least while I'm talking about it and like the way that I would understand the truth of it, the way that I would understand the truth of it is that your imagination doesn't have any bounds to it. It doesn't have, it's, it's has endless depth. Like, and of course it would have endless depth because you're capable of saying any one thing at any time and you have to produce, you produce a different reaction for any given situation. Like, because you have to, you, and there are people, yeah, that are more patterned and say more of the same things over and over again for and react the same ways and are more reducible to a singular pattern. But, but I would say that those people are just not harnessing the potential of their imagination because you, because they can still be presented with all these new situations, these people that are reducible to an obvious pattern they can still be presented with all these new situations that they've never been presented with and will never be presented with that would cause a different reaction like there are infinite possible circumstances for them to live in and so until you've considered all of those circumstances you can't say that that person reacts the same way always in all of this set of circumstances like like I'm just arguing that your uh, your emotion your imagination has depth because it's with within you and it's part of your you and you're not you're not going to be able to define where it comes from ever either it's undefinable is what I'm saying we're not going to be able to define what it is that makes you state everything you want to state or like what catalyzes the thoughts and the words and where it like the depth wherever it comes from like you can't uh catag- you can't define the, uh, the soul ultimately like whatever it's saying your subjective reality is undefinable and it should be because and because if it wasn't then we would have arrived at some conclusion about why we're all here or what and why everything that is undefinable to us is is that way we like we would have arrived at some definable conclusion as to there wouldn't be mystery anymore if our soul and our imagination was definable but there is mystery there is the undefinable there is the entire entirety of outer space there's the undefinable there's your imagination and the imagination is capable of infinite things it's it's capable of the infinite it's capable of whatever you can imagine so yeah you might be reducible to a singular pattern but that's just maybe because you don't your imagine your capacity for infiniteness is not as great as other people's capacities for infiniteness or you don't allow your imagine you limit your imagination you don't allow the capacity of your imagination to be greater and to some extent to some extent it is about allowing yourself to say that there is no capacity on your imagination that there's no limit on it there's no governing instance on it you know on your imagination if you can if if you understand the infiniteness of your imagination, then you understand that it is infinite. You understand that it's not governed, that it isn't limited to understand it. But that is harnessing the full capacity of your imagination is, is seeing that it is infinite 
and seeing that it is infinite. And so like truth in that way is truth is infinite. Like, like the greater truth is infinite. As long as you say that there is mystery, as long as you say that there is stuff to be imagined, as long as you say that there's the universe to be explored, as long as there's stuff that we don't know about stuff that we haven't covered. Like, as long as there is that, then there are, then there is truth that we haven't understood because art is what brings you to a place where you understand truth at a greater level, but it's not like there's, but it doesn't end because there's always the undefinable as long as we haven't like mapped the entire universe or, or understood and brought to a single definition, the souls of like everybody's subjective realities. Like as long as we haven't defined the undefinable, there is mystery and there is the infinite things that we can still imagine. And so it's just once you define something that's infinite, that previously was infinite, that previously was undefinable and only imaginable, that you reach a greater level of truth. But once you define something, it becomes it becomes true where it used to be false. So art, art, it becomes true, meaning it becomes practical and rational. Like, and so I'm saying that whatever is only imaginary at this present moment, every, anything that's only imaginary or undefinable at this present moment, or sections of space that we haven't defined or other life forms that we haven't met or mystery or greater specifications of language that we haven't arrived at greater levels of definition more complex definitions things we haven't defined things we haven't connected or like two words that we haven't multiplied together to understand their relativity or understand their complexity their or and understand greater utilities meaning greater uh greater complexities of all these words that had these values before that you multiply together to form something that has this greater level of utility or complexity. Like we haven't reached greater levels of specification of our language even. Um, Those things I'm saying exist falsely as it stands right now, as it stands as from the perspective of, the objective world or the practical world or the countable world, the rational world, the world external to yourself where we all, the collective consciousness of the world where we all have a defined set, uh, where, where we've defined everything, where everything is defined and counted in the world external to ourselves in the physical world. To the physical world, everything that is imagined, that everything that is imaginable and still undefined is, uh, is false. And in order, and art is what allows you to transform what is false into something that is true, meaning that you transform something that used to exist imaginatively and undefinably and infinitely and in a, and ethereally, like just within your imagination or as just the potential of something that existed potentially into something that actually exists truthfully, practically, physically, and definably is what is what happens when you define something, but it's what like art is probably the thing that catalyzes you or motivates y- you as an individual or you as a society to to convert something 
false into something true or to translate something false into something true or to transform your individuality to incorporate something false to to make that thing true and within your body of knowledge because your body of knowledge is true what you know is true what your body of knowledge and your collective consciousness and your sphere of influence as a world is what you know to be true and what you've actually already defined but you but you uh have all this that is undefinable and that is like that is infiniteness and is represented physically by the infiniteness of of areas that we haven't defined in the universe that surrounds us um like those things exist falsely but like good art is is what allows you to incorporate something that used to exist as false into your body of knowledge thereby making it true um that's what art allows you to do but does that it doesn't make art honest that art is honest so the greater the more honest that you are the better you are as an artist the more truthful that you are and so the more that you are able to define yourself as time goes on and define yourself in ways you haven't defined yourself is what would make you an artist probably is you could consider i mean you could consider yourself to be an artist for a lot of basic stuff for pretty much anything if, as long as you create something or like you could consider yourself an artist just in whatever field of interest that you're in like whatever your job title is it's like you're an artist in that because you're in at least to some degree creating within that space like new stuff or like what company you work at usually you're you're doing something creatively in order to make the processes more efficient or 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 something or at least your value is to make the company more efficient or to help the company adapt and change in an efficient way or speed up its change itself in order to uh, be in line with the rest of the world. So you can, so, and that requires creativity. So you're like an artist in whatever field of interest you're in. But like, if you're just an artist for the sake of art, then you are somebody who defines in order who makes the undefinable definable. You're somebody who makes the undefinable definable for for the purpose of defining it and nothing else for the purpose of defining it so that it can be defined and understood and it can move a group of people or the world to some greater level of truth but you in order to do that have to define you have to be able to define it accurately because it's only if you define it accurately that it will be at a greater level of truth and be something that the world sees as having value in order for the world to incorporate it into their body of knowledge. I mean, in order for the world to incorporate something new and undefinable into their body of knowledge, like a new theory or idea or definition, it has to be true to the entire world. If it's the entire world, like 
if that's the individual that you're considering, but you can, but it doesn't have to be the entire world. It can just be an idea that you put forth or define for a group of people or for one other person. And that can change the way that a group of people or one other person thinks like you're somebody who want, you're the catalyzer of change. You're the person who wants to show other people what is true so that they can change. If you are, if you are an artist, but if you're just an artist for the sake of being an artist, um, the more that you are going to be successful as being an artist and the more change that you will implement and catalyze, the more change that you bring about and the more successful that you'll be as an artist is the more honest that you will be about your self, but it's the more that you harness the potential of your subjective reality because the more that you do that, if you successfully harness the potential of your subjective reality, you successfully define a lot of what is undefinable because your subjective reality is undefinable, but it's specific to you. But you have the ability to work out your subjective reality if you're willing to speak it into existence, if you're willing to say it, if you're willing to compromise and identify yourself in some way in order for the world to... to see yourself but if you but you can also identify yourself as just being a person that that tries to define but in but try to trying to define things but either way you do have to share them in order for them to have any impact or have any change they can't just exist within your subjective reality but just the fact that you speak any words to existence is you converting your subjective reality into the practical one or into the into the objective space where your where your subjective reality now is able to be defined but that's what your that's what you choose for your identity to be what your identity is is what you is your subjective mind and your imagination that you convert into words that are that can be heard and defined by other people for them to ingest and un, and understand and comprehend your your identity so in a way you are just an artist by virtue of the fact that you have an identity and share that identity and that your identity is representative of your is representative your identity is defined by other people is representative of your subjective reality or your subjective reality in your mind and your imagination is different from everybody else's it's different from everybody else's because you have for because your specific combination of genetics and experience yeah but because your imagination because the set of things that you choose to imagine out of your imagine out of an infinite space is going to be different from everybody else's besides the fact that the parameters of everybody's infinite space is different and the parameters of everybody's subjective reality being different would be more in in line with the description your specific set of uh, genetic genetics and experiences kind of uh, create the parameters for your subjective reality in your imagination besides that within your imagination you define what define things out of an infinite space and and uh it it could be sort of random what you end up defining or what actually gets through what actually you say you know
and it can be sort of random because uh, just what you say at a given time or, or, and it, because it depends on the specific circumstance and then the people you're surrounding with and people that you're, you're surrounding yourself with and people you're communicating with that they produce certain sets of words based on their subjective realities and their identities. And then the way that you react to those words is, is your identity as defined as defined by other people besides that what generates the identity is is from you uh so based on the circumstances what you is the things that you say sometimes like what it is that you say exactly and like the definitions you use exactly like the words coming out of my mouth didn't have to be ordered exactly the way that they were but they did end up that way because of the circumstance and just by the way that they came out of my mouth, you know? And so like you, you just have so many different ways of ordering words and choosing whatever word is the, the closest word to the, to the thing that you're trying to describe the closest point of reference to the idea that you're trying to describe. Cause ultimately you're trying to describe when you speak, you're trying to describe an idea and the idea itself is infinite, but you have all these points of reference within your mind, which are definitions that you can allow yourself to, you can allow yourself to choose one of those as you're speaking and you choose one of those, you don't get to choose two of them. And so therefore what comes out of your mouth is a compromise of your identity rather than exactly your identity. Because if you were to communicate exactly your identity, you would communicate infiniteness rather than finiteness. You would communicate the idea, the essence of the idea and the ethereality of the idea rather than a single point of reference that is meant to reference the idea that is relative to the idea in some way. And because you aren't, ex you're not able to communicate the idea or the infiniteness of it. All you communicate is a point of reference and, and every single word is a different point of reference. So what you say to other people is just a long string of points of reference when what you mean to say is something that's infinite. But what we have in society are touchstones. We have words that everybody that are touchstones for everybody that are agreed upon instances at, to be points of reference and that it makes it into a dictionary is an accomplishment because a point of reference that makes it into a dictionary is, um, is objectively agree, agreed upon to be a truthful point of reference for the language or for the culture that practices the language. It is objectively true of all the the language speakers, all the participants of the culture, that point of reference as as being descriptive of this idea, you know? And since it's agreed upon that way, it's possible to use that point of reference to describe this idea when the idea is something that's infinite. But the point of reference or the word is just a defined instance. So really what I want to communicate myself is something infinite. And I want to communicate ideas that are infinite. My subjective reality is infiniteness, you know, and, but I'm limited by the fact, by language, by the fact that we only get to speak in finiteness and in agreed upon touchstones. And, and so when you speak, even just by speaking, you're compromising your identity and making it so that, making it so that you're definable like you speak in definableness rather than undefinableness when you yourself are undefinable so you you have this potent this infinite potential for what your identity can be but 
the only way to communicate it is by compromising and saying that you are definitive or able to be defined or able to be given to a single pattern or like you're just this thing or uh so in in order to exist in the physical world and to be identified by other people you have to compromise yourself infinitely you have to compromise on your visions and your dreams and your imagination in order to make your imagination at least somewhat a reality in order for it to be a reality because it can only because as long as you as long as it is still a dream then you get to live as long as it's still a dream within your head you can live out the full potential of that dream and imagine that it that it uh lives out perfectly and imagine that it is exactly the way that you want it as long as it still exists in your head and as long as you get to keep it there that's why it's so lucrative for people to just exist in their imaginations and and say that this is always going to happen you know say that they're about to do this in their life or like this oh i like oh i'll do this one day like you say it but it's something that you know that you won't do like there's stuff that you don't do just just because it will it's not going to be perfect just because you can't exactly enact that vision because once you actually do it you'll find that it's not perfect and in order for you to live out a life at all is to live out one that's imperfect because imperfection is is just the spokenness of your identity it's the conveyance of your identity is imperfection because it's only in points of reference and in finite instances and in imperfections rather than absolutes that you're able to communicate your identity and you having an identity is only because you have certain you exude certain characteristics and certain frequencies of action that other people are able to pick up on and therefore define it to give you an an attribute something attribute something to you is by you sacrificing enough to carry out the actions around somebody else in order for them to define you in order for frequency of action to be defined by somebody else and in order for your attributes to be attributable and so so and but that one's more that was just more something i wanted to say rather than is that so much related to my quest to link honesty and art of course it is in some way but it's sort of as relative as you want to make it art like art is transformative if it's good art and so the more honest you are the more honest you are yeah sometimes i get to a point where like i do need to go off on tangents in order to understand the bigger picture of what is interesting to me about the topic because if i just zero in on art honesty it becomes kind of stale to me or uh, it's just it's uh, becomes forced to me and confusing that why I wanted to talk about it at all. Like if I'm just ta- if I'm just only thinking about the words and not able to ask, I need to be able to ask questions about it 
or understand what the right question is or understand what it is that I'm even trying to figure out about it or if there is anything that I'm trying to figure out or if I've already figured it out. Art and honesty, like uh, why is it that, what am I interested in about it? Why is it that you, like how honest do you have to be in order to be a good artist, in order for it to be good. I mean, in order for it to be good, it just has to be popular to some extent, sort of. It has to be transformative. It has to catch on in order for it to be good. Um, honest. Like, how honest do you have to be? And what what is honesty? Is honesty just you saying everything that's like a secret to you? Because I don't think it is. Like you saying stuff that's happened to you in your past. Is that honesty? I don't th- I don't know that it is. You saying things that happened to you in your past isn't really honesty. It's honesty is how you feel about your present circumstances. It's not you bringing up stuff that happened in your past like specific points of reference that happened in your past, I don't think. It shouldn't be, because if you bring up specific points of reference, you're not communicating the infiniteness of your identity. And it's not honest, and it's not truthful. Truth has to be your present circumstances. It can't be like just stuff that happened to you in your past. Like It can't just be this draining of all of you and your secrets and like everything, all the skeletons in your closet or like even stuff that presently you wouldn't want to... Like, it's not even necessarily stuff that is in your life presently that you don't want to talk about. Like, you don't need to engage in self-loathing so as to tell everybody like stuff that you don't like about yourself or what or whatever like i think it's just how the most honest thing is just how you feel about your present circumstances or just how you feel as an accumulation of a lifetime of circumstances isn't it it's just how you feel and so in order to produce good art you probably have to you have to have a lot of feelings. You have to have accumulated a lot of different feelings and have been able to define lots of different feelings. And definition of feelings, like the more that you are able to specify definitions of feelings, the more nuanced your understanding of feelings is, the more nuanced your accumulation of feelings is. And the more nuances what comes out of your mouth, the more you're able to specify the feelings that you have and the more that you're able to communicate your imagination because specifying the way that you feel would be the same thing as more exactly communicating your imagination or or more having better points of reference than general points, having more specific points of reference than general ones so that you can communicate the archetypal manifestations of the ideas that you want to communicate so that you can, so that you can, yeah, communicate the most representational or the most relative manifestations of the ideas that you want to communicate. You can do that if you have 
better points of reference and more specific points of reference, points of reference that get more at the heart at, of the of the idea that you're trying to reference because the infinite, infiniteness of something can be represented in a single point. And that point is the most relative manifestation, the most integral representational or undefinable manifestation of that idea. And the more that you're able to exactly define it, the more that you are able to exact your identity and exactly communicate your identity. Um, and depending on what your, depending on what your goal is, maybe if you are more inclined to say, I'm an artist and an artist only, your goal is just to exact more exactly communicate your identity or communicate the infiniteness of your identity, which you can do by communicating yourself through points of reference that are more exact or more over infinite spaces or over sections of ideas. And you can communicate a whole section or a whole idea by by communicating the exact point within the idea that is most relative to all other points or the exact manifestation that is more relative to all other manifestations. And that manifestation is a, is the most archetypal manifestation or the manifestation from which all other manifestations, uh, descend or, or sit interconnected beneath within something like a pyramid where the most archetypal is at the top of the pyramid, you know, but to, as an, as just another way of trying to describe it. And so you have an accumulation of feelings, you know, that's your honesty is you speaking what you feel, but you have more to exactly communicate. And the more that you've lived a life too, the more that you've lived a life, the more that you have feelings to communicate, the more that you have uh, specifications of feelings to communicate, the more your body of feelings is cumulative of all these different definitions, the more, and the more that you're able to, I mean, the more that you're able to produce things, the more that you're able to create things is based on that too. The more that you're able to create or produce something is dependent on all these mixing and matchings of feelings and emotions and definite and things that you've defined to yourself that maybe other people haven't been able to define to themselves. And so like, if you have this set of definition, this set of like, and I know I'm saying definition and it's not, I'm talking about emotions, but like you, like within yourself, you define things, you categorize things rather than outside of yourself. There are countable definitions and countable manifestations of definition. Like within yourself, you subjectively define everything. And so within your subjectivity exists every definition, whereas objectively every definition exists as separated or individuals are separated rather than subjectively is the space within an individual and is interconnected and you as an individual uh, fit all of your definitions into the one space within your mind. And so definite, so maybe definitions the way that they exist subjectively are something like feelings.
because they're not better than each other. They aren't defined the same way that they have separated values as if they exist in your mind, then they are, there's something more like feelings, the way that definitions exist in your mind. And so in order for you to, they are something like definitions. So you, but they're the feelings, the definitions that exist in your mind are something like feelings. But so the, then the feelings that you communicate are in order to be honest or produce good art or, or exact your identity or convey your identity. So as to be in some sense, transformative to the people around you, because honesty is probably transformative, but like, so the more that you're able to create products of the feelings that you've defined to yourself, the more that you have things to say that other people aren't able to say. And the more that you have a greater pool of definitions to draw from or, or feelings that you've been able to verbalize or feelings that you understand, maybe that other people don't understand, or the more that you're able to exactly define a feeling to be this and make connections between feelings is like, uh, your potential to do that is your potential for creation. Probably is your potential for being an artist is your ability to add value by creating, by producing things, by, by creating products of, of feelings that you've defined to yourself, you know? And, and so then when you, you make complex products of, of things that haven't existed before, because you were able to define things that other people weren't able to define, then you are, somebody who's creating new things and your output into the world is of new things that are created. And so I feel I'm just like losing the motivation right now. I don't know why I'm losing the motivation to speak. So your honesty, so your capacity for honesty is in some part is uh, dependent on your accumulation of, of life circumstances and, and life experiences, which brought, which would bring about, uh, different definitions for you, different ways for you to define things, nuances within definition. And so that you can draw from that pool of feelings or definitions to create things. And so that's sort of what that's what would make you a good artist. That's what would make you more honest. That's what would make you would, but honesty is the act of actually sharing the product in a way that in the most conducive way to possible for its success, you know, and, and be willing to go so far as to share it more publicly in order for it to be successful, you have to believe in the things that you're capable of producing in order for it to be successfully honest or impact a greater number of people. You have to, in order for it to be, but it is honest regardless of what influence or impact it ultimately ends up having. If it is something that you created that's new, it like, and you shared it, then that is honest, but like 
so there's a lot, there's like a lot that goes into that. You have to live these life experiences and be able to define stuff to yourself and then combine those things that you define yourself, combine them within your mind and then produce them, uh, meaning output them, transmit them without yourself to other people. And you have to transmit them successfully. Like you have to say that you have to say them the right way or you have to make the idea. You have to, you have to be able to create the thing. You have to be able to invent. You have to, you have to be able to invent and you have to be able to put, you have to understand, you have to produce it in your mind and understand its borders so that you, in order to make its borders outside of yourself. And then if the product that you created outside of yourself has a, really does have value and really is a product that nobody's made before and, and is the result of all these factors that are specific to you that you were able to define to yourself. If you create something like that, that is from you and only was capable of being produced in your subjective reality because of what you were able to define and it exists in the world and it has a really valuable function, meaning a function that is more valuable than all than similar functions that exist. Like it has value then it is true. Then it is true. It's, it's true. It's more relatively truthful than what we have now because it provides a functional value that is greater than the level of value that we understand and is greater than what our values, what we're able to value even. It allows us to value at a higher level and understand truth at a higher level and understand specification at a higher level because it is a product that is more specified that didn't exist that didn't exist before that didn't exist in the world that was more generalized before the function you produced made it more specified as long as that function was valuable enough to raise the level of the of the world to a greater level of truth or the individual that you sh that you share it with or the invention that you make that whoever it impacts like it impacts either locally or or through the entire world, you know, uh, whatever the product is that you create and share. So, so whatever the product is that you create and share, then that is a honest representation of your imagination and of your identity. Uh, and so ultimately, yeah, do I arrive at a conclusion? If that was a conclusion, I guess that it, then that's what that is to you. I don't really do conclusions besides that, but what am I going to arrive at? Oh, it's this word. There's no word for it. There's no word for exactly the link between art and honesty. Uh, it's just that if you arrive at, uh, the idea that combines both of them and you find that it's really close to an idea that already exists and you could assign it to that term or you could create a new term or a slightly new term that is uh, descriptive descriptive of whatever idea it is that combines art and honesty but I'll probably I'll probably think about it more in in 
the event that I did want to figure that out. Maybe I will. But what you'd want to figure out is the term or the term that is exactly halfway relative between art and honesty. The term that exactly exactly combines both of them or it would be the point on the spectrum where uh, art becomes honesty or in the other direction where honesty becomes art where the change is because halfway through the spectrum is it's kind of like the predominant territory on either half of it is the are the two points on either half of it so so the middle point would be where art where the spectrum officially changes and like whatever whatever entity is going through a set of transformations that could be represented on a spectrum like the their trans their entire process of transformation is described by the spectrum and that entire transformation like it starts to be defined as they are defined differently at halfway through the spectrum um yeah, so I wonder if there is actually a term for that. But uh uh yeah, I'll uh I hope that you subscribe. I really do. I enjoy that. I don't even get to see how many subscribers there are, which is um which is weird. It's disrespectful of iTunes. Like, Apple, you're going to tell me you don't have the capability to tell me how many subscribers I have? You're just being disrespectful to me. You're like, you don't know how to make that happen? You're Apple. You're Apple. That should have been, you should have done that before anybody else even thought to do that. Shown people their exact number of subscribers. You should offer advanced statistics for free. You're Apple. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, I obviously have nothing <laughs> against Apple. How stupid that I have to, f- that I have to defend my argument. I don't have anything against Apple. I got nervous right there. I got scared. Apple's going to come after me. I got scared that somebody might think I don't like Apple. I'm such a bitch. Honestly. Uh, Kudos to the Wayans brothers one more time. Uh, Give it up for those guys. Um, They really made that dream come true, right? The Wayans brothers. Uh, uh, It's not too much time gone by since you last uh, seen a Wayans brother movie. You know what I mean? Probably last time I seen one was not that long ago. You catch a Wayne's Brothers movie, you uh, you better keep on watching because uh, that's logical. Because that's logical for you to do. Um. Uh, so, I hope that you have a good day today and that you talk to people this way, monotone, the same way that I do. And that you talk this way the whole day. I hope you talk this way the whole day to your friends and your colleagues and that you see them and you say, hello, I am just a computer. Help me. I am just a computer. All I know is binary. I analyze everything to the point that I'm just 
a set of systems and binary code. I am just a computer. Help me. Only one tone. Help me. I only know one. I'm computer man. Help me. <laughs> Help me. I'm computer man. I don't have any tones besides this one. I'm just monotone. I'm computer man. I can't get out of this. I am computer, but I like it. This is who I am. I am programmed to be this way. I am programmed to speak monotone only to you, friends and colleagues, friends and coworkers, brothers and sisters, colleagues, colleagues. I'm, I am programmed to be this. I am only this. I am one. I am one only. I am zero. I am one or zero. I am not relative. I'm zero or one. I don't know. I have zero or one. I'm one zero. I'm zero one. I'm binary. Help me. Nothing. I am nothing. I am zero or nothing. I'm nothing. I'm everything or one. I'm one or everything or nothing. I'm monotone. Help me. And so I encourage you to talk to your friends and colleagues tomorrow for you to go to work if you're going to work and then tell your friends and colleagues that this is how you talk now and this is what you do and this is what uh, this is what it is like and this is how it goes when you go about it when you go about it when you go about it this is how it goes when you go about it 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 this is what happens when you go about it because you had to tell them that you had to go into work yesterday and that you were a different person the day before when you went in yesterday, the day that you were referencing those before, the day that you go in and you speak monotone and that you're a new person now because you realize that you had to speak monotone and this is what you really felt was true to your heart and you wanted to be monotone and tell everybody that that's exactly what you were and finally confess to them that this is who you wanted to be the entire time and that your body communicates monotony and that your lifestyle communicates droning and singularity and that all that you want to do is speak endlessly the same tone. <laughs> 